This is The Big Show with Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the big show, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time for Wake's Takes, joining us as he does each and every uh, week from BYU. He's Mason Wake with us on the big show. What's going on, Mason? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Hey, doing great. Uh, Tough weekend, I know. Uh, Take us through the experience a little bit there with a a tough game to Baylor. Uh, I mean, their crowd was into it. Uh, They came ready to play. They were physical. Um, they had a great, great game plan. And um, Coach Grimes, it was pretty cool seeing his offense um, go. But, um, yeah, I mean, we just need to play more physical and just be more assignment sound and just execute. That was our main thing is just we need to execute. Um, offense, we're doing all right. We just need to stay on the field, um, convert on third downs. But that's our biggest thing. Uh, did you have a chance to talk to Coach Grimes? Yeah, I did at the end. I talked to him for a little bit. He kind of – he kind of got a little bit teary-eyed, but um, I don't know. I kind of did too, but yeah, he just he just made me the player I am today, and he just pushed me. And um, I miss that guy, and he's a good guy, and it's cool to see uh, um, some of his fullbacks doing good in his offense. But yeah, I mean, he's 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 a good guy. That Baylor offense has his personality, uh, big time. I mean, big big physical play up front. I mean, you could tell it's a it's a Grimes coach team for sure. Yeah, I mean, they played probably like yeah, – I feel like they played 10 tight ends. Um, and that's just what he wanted, and that's what he kind of wanted here at BYU. And it was kind of cool playing in that offense. But, yeah, it's just – they were just physical, and um, they knew what they were doing. Well, I know we're not, uh, you know, here to talk about Baylor or anything, but I actually think it's a recipe for success for them in the Big 12, where the Big 12 is kind of like a finesse league right now to have a real punch-you-in-the-mouth type, you know, while everybody's zigging you zag. I think it actually is going to work for them. I mean, they're really good. They've got a good record. I mean, they are they might win the league, so I don't want to say, like, that's down in the future, but I, I like that direction for them. Yeah, I mean, the difference between the Pac-12 and the Big 12 is the physicality and um, we've done pretty good against the, the Pac-12, but um, it was kind of a punch in the face playing the Big 12, how physical they are, and it's just a whole different monster. Yeah. Um, um, and I think we have the personnel and we have the um, dudes to do it and be successful in that league, but um, now we know. How are you feeling physically? I know that's been an issue, but you were back, right, out there and making it happen? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good right now. That's good. That's all I got to say. All right. <laughs> That's fair enough. No, no, no problem with that at all. So, you know, you guys got off to such a great start. Last couple of weeks, obviously, haven't been what you wanted as a team. So how do you um, – we talked talk to Coach Mack on Fridays, and he talked about you guys regaining your edge. So how do you get back to that edge, do you think? Um, <clears throat> I think it's just our mentality and having Coach Kalani instill that in us and – um, injuries hurt, but I mean, that's just, we can't control that. So we just got to, um, play with the dudes, have a next man up mentality and just, um, come back to our edge that we had for the first five games. And, um, we've kind of, um, gone away from that, but yeah, I think 
I think for both sides of the ball, it's stopping the ball on defense and then running the ball on offense. And that's how um, things open up. And you can um, really run a lot of things once you get those run games stopped and run games going. Um, and that's just what we've kind of been missing. But um, we have a good game plan this week, and we're going to go out there and play good. So another Pac-12 team, and you guys are 3-0 three against, three and oh against the Pac-12. You have five total games against that league. Is that is that something you guys talk about, uh, having a good record against the Pac-12, considering you're you know regionally related and that's Utah's league? And I know the Big 12 is in the future, but did you want to have as good a record as possible against them? Uh, we want to have a good re- uh, record um, regardless, no matter who we're playing. But, right. I mean, it's kind of fun to joke around saying that we own the Pac-12 South. Um, <laughs> that's funny. That's a funny thing to see. But, yeah, I mean, you want to go out there and play good and win against anyone. But um, it's kind of fun winning, um, beating all the Pac-12 teams that we've played so far, um, knowing that the commissioner of the Pac-12, I think he said, like, uh, like pretty much that we don't want BYU. And so we went to the Big 12, and they were just saying, um, we just heard a lot of things about them saying we still don't want even the Pac-12. It was a good thing. and um, Maybe it was a good thing. And um, it's fun to go out there and beat some of those Pac-12 teams. What are you seeing from Washington State on film? You guys have a couple of common opponents. Yeah, we haven't watched much yet. Yesterday was sort of like a walkthrough type practice, but um, today is the big film day. But um, obviously they just lost a lot of their coaching staff. Um, but their their quarterback came out and tweeted something that they were going to um, play hard regardless, and they're ready to go. And we just need to – they're just going to have that attack mentality, and they they got nothing to lose pretty much. And so we're going to go out there and be ourselves and um, get going. How hard would that be? You know, obviously you don't know exactly what's going on in their locker room, but from your perspective, how hard would that be to lose your head coach, half the staff, halfway through the year on a Monday of a game week? That That's, that's tough. That's got to be really hard. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that. Um, you just lose pretty much all leadership, but you you leave it up to the players. And um, I don't know who they got there and what kind of leadership they have, but, I mean, that would come down to the players to step up and be leaders. And, yeah, it'd be tough just losing, like, say we lose Kalani, for example. Like, that'd be tough no matter what. But, um, yeah, I can't imagine going through that right now. So you don't, you absolutely don't have to answer this if, if you don't want to, but has has vaccines, has that been controversial in your locker room at all? Um, not really. We had a meeting at the beginning of the season, um, pretty much saying, um, going through all the stuff that you'd have to do if you didn't get um, vaccinated. But yeah, I mean, I think most of the team is, uh, but yeah, we had a meeting and it was a good meeting and, um, it really opened everyone's eyes, but I don't know much about it. And I know a lot of it has to do with politics, but I just got it so then I don't have to miss games. That was kind of my yeah. main thing. I just didn't want to miss any games. So. You know what? I think there are a lot of people in your boat where it would just it's it just makes life easier, you know, and you, you don't miss games yeah. and all those sorts of things. Like the Jazz, and I know you're a big Jazz fan, they're 100% vaccinated. And I think what mm-hmm. it does is it, it cuts out so much red tape and, and all that stuff. And you just, you know, the NBA and, and nobody wants to miss games anymore. You know, and so I think everybody, at least with the jazz, it seems to me, kind of views it as this team thing. All right, get on board because we've all got to be here to play because nobody wants to miss any more games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just goes to show that everyone's on board and um, they want to win and just coming together as a team. That like, I mean, for example, that that alone, like, get all, everyone getting the vaccination is everyone buying in and wanting to win. That's the the main thing they want to do. Um, and you see a lot of other teams that aren't doing that and they're, they're suffering from it. But yeah, I mean, having most, most of the guys on the team vaccinated and um, everyone buying in, it's just, it just kind of brings the team together. 
Not football related, but <clears throat> how's school? You're right in the, the thick of the semester, right? All right? BYU's on semesters, right? They're not on quarters. They're on semesters, right? Yeah, semesters. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, BYU's pretty tough. It's a pretty tough school, and it's good for me. But, yeah, I mean, right now it's pretty tough, especially during the season and having all this um, classwork and midterms coming up. But um, it's kind of like a good thing for me because, like, I can – it's a good balance for school and football because whenever, whenever I want to get away from school, I go to football. Whenever I want to get away from football, I go to school. But, I mean, um, those two together, it's pretty hard, but um, I think it's good for me um, for right now. What's your favorite class right now? Oh, right now. I, I'm taking some hard ones, but I'd say – I don't know if I have a favorite, but, I mean, I'm in guitar right now. Nice. That's probably that – one, that one's all right, but nice. my toughest one is probably psych, so that yeah. one's pretty hard, but – I'm getting through it. What are you doing loading up uh, with hard classes in the fall? Isn't that what spring and summer is for? Aren't you supposed to be taking, like, well, bowling and basket weaving to to go with the guitar because that's what you do in the fall? Yeah, I mean, usually that's the case, but um, I'm trying to get ahead. and um, Good for you. Just trying just trying to – I'm just trying to get – like, I'm just taking a few hard classes right now, and then a, a couple other ones are easier, but – yeah, I think just every semester just take one or two hard ones just to get them out of the way and just to get ahead. Good for you. I think a lot of times, you know, football fans, we love sports and we love watching you on the field, but we forget that you're a full-time student, which is not mm-hmm. the easiest thing in the world, let alone at a school like BYU. So good for you for, for uh, taking that challenge. And, I, you know, I sometimes think that uh, people don't understand what a boost in life it can be to, to be an athlete at a, at a great university like BYU. So good for you for taking advantage of it. Yep. Yeah, and especially BYU with all the connections they have outside of football when you graduate. It's pretty huge. Yeah, you bet. Well, Mason, thank you for jumping on with us. Uh, as always, every week we, we certainly look forward to it, and good luck this weekend against Washington State. Thank you. There you go. Mason Wake uh, with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone joins us weekly for a little Wake's Takes. And uh, you you could hear it a little bit, Lloyd. I sense that uh, a little bit um, – more business this week coming off a couple of losses from Mason Wake where they're I would guess that's kind of a sentiment in that locker room where they got to refocus and get back to business against Washington State but not as much you know he's a playful guy and obviously upbeat and friendly and all those things but didn't have kind of the same vibe a little bit more serious this week no and you could you could sense that early in the, you know in that where you're like okay he's he's about that business he's about focusing trying to get there you know BYU's trying to get off the off the schneid and get you know and snap that two game losing streak. So, um, yeah, and it's it's always you know it's always better for everybody when, when you know a guest comes on after a big win or whatever. It's all I mean they it's it's playful. You can be a little bit more playful, so you can tell he's he's all about it. Yeah. By the way, shout out to both Mason and Cole, who whether it's win loss or or certainly with what Utah's been going through, they've been both have been extremely consistent in in coming on and and living up to their commitments. Even though sometimes it's not the easiest thing in the world, you're not stoked about losing a couple of games in a row like Mason and uh, and uh, yet still coming on doing the interview is is good for them. I think it says a lot about them because sometimes it's not all that easy and and really Mason still manages to make it uh, entertaining and interesting. And we'll hear from Cole Fotheringham coming up at four thirty. Lloyd, how how big a deal do you think the the Rolovich situation is to Washington State? Are you are you less likely? Uh, or I guess, are you more likely to pick BYU over the weekend because of that situation? I'm going to say I am absolutely more likely to pick BYU. I th- probably would have picked them anyways, but I think uh, I think this is going to hurt them deeper. I mean, they're losing assistance too. 
So I don't even know what their staff is looking like. They've lost their head coach, and they've lost some assistants. So their staff is extremely limited, and so I got to imagine. And I know they've won, they've won some games, you know, uh, but I, I still don't. I think that's going to hurt them. It has to. I don't see how it can't. Yeah, they, they lost their offensive coordinator as one of those assistants they lost. So, um, you know, I, I think there's a chance that they could use it as something to, to galvanize the team and everybody come together. The the quarterback has been tweeting out some stuff, and uh, he's been playing well as of late, so maybe they turn this into kind of a motivational positive. But going down that kind of manpower on the coaching staff is a lot. I mean – you know, talk about coming up and coming up with executing game plans, doing what needs to be done in practice. I mean, that's that's a lot of uh, manpower to be down. Um, it, Dylan Colley was on with DJ and PK earlier today, and he played for Coach Rolovich there in in Hawaii, and he seemed to think that Washington State would be at a schematic disadvantage without uh, Rolovich. That uh, he is the kind of the the uh, mad scientist with that offense and uh, is part of what makes it really go. So uh, Dylan Colley said he really enjoyed playing for Rolovich and uh, had a lot of respect for his capability as a coach and uh, certainly an offensive play caller. So, I mean, if if that's the case and they're not going to be prepared and not going to be able to execute a game plan, you know, if you're – I don't care how galvanized you are, that's going to really have an effect, right? If if BYU can get back their edge, what we talked to Mason about, get back refocused on what's uh, won them games so far this year and ha- help them to beat good teams, that edge, that toughness, um, certainly stopping the run on defense. And, you, you know, Mason doesn't want to talk about uh, the, the shortcomings of his defense, so we didn't exactly dive into it. But they've got to they've figure out a way to get back that, I mean, for lack of a better word, that edge. Uh, to to not get run over. I mean, to just get run over by by Baylor was something that that they've got to figure that out. I don't think Washington State is uh, is capable of doing that per se, but uh, they've got a decent running attack with uh, with Borgie, right? And so they if have. If he's an able to stay stay healthy, yeah, absolutely. Right, right. If he's able to be out there, and they they can move the ball. Uh, their defense was uh, better than I thought it was going to be against the University of Utah, certainly. And Utah State beat Washington State in game one, and Utah State's turning out to not be a bad team. So I wonder, I think Washington State, I'm with you, Lloyd, I would have picked the BYU Cougars over Washington State regardless of this situation. I think this situation would make me less likely to pick Washington State, but that doesn't mean that I think they're a bad team. I mean, I I think they could beat BYU if BYU doesn't figure out a way to to uh, tighten up that defense to stop the run and to get their offense more opportunity back out onto the field. I mean, BYU only ran fifty five plays. What was it? How many plays were they running when uh, Doctor Bob was here, Lloyd? And running go fast, go hard. Weren't they in like the nineties or something crazy? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, just fifty five plays is so very few. And, uh, you know, Hans thought that they need to be more balanced, run the ball a little bit more. Uh, when we talked to him yesterday, I don't necessarily disagree with him, although that game was, was tough to really stay focused on running the football. But that is what has gotten BYU to the, the point that they're at this year, playing tough up front and, and running the football. 
And I thought Jaron Hall played a good game, but if they could get back to a little bit more of that formula that made them successful against Utah and Arizona State, if they could get back to doing that against Washington State, I think that's a recipe for success. But I don't know. Maybe I'm still just weirded out by that Boise game, uh, Boise State game, Lloyd, but it, no, it's almost have, like it's been a different team. That. They yeah. have to get back to that because uh, it's, it's great and all that, that Jaron Hall has gone for two straight games for 300-plus yards, but that's not who BYU is. It's not who they are. They were a, they're they're a power run team with 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 Tyler Algier. I mean that's they he that guy they need to find uh, they need to get that guy more runs and um that I mean that's that's where it's got to start. It has to start with with that and it has to start with the the the, the, the offensive line. Like that's where it, where it is. Like I said, it's great for for Jaron Hall and and Puka Nakua to go for all those those big numbers. But I feel like that's 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 their that's their uh, that that's just not who they are. All right, switching gears just briefly here. We're going to talk to Ryan from the Dish Professionals coming up here momentarily. We've got Cole Fotheringham, who's going to jump on the show in the next segment. So we'll go from a Cougar to a Ute. But we have some NBA news that is just coming out. And Lloyd, did I have I ever told you my theory on why I used to watch the Jerry Springer show back in the day? Remember the Jerry Springer show? You know what I'm talking about? The for for the storylines. Uh, no, not necessarily. And those, you know, I forget I'm not young anymore. Those people out there who maybe don't know about the Jerry Springer show, Lloyd, how would you describe it? Their guests were usually really outrageous, yes. right? And there were a lot of fights on the show. They, it was like um, watching the circus. It, you know, a little bit, right. And so the reason I always liked the Jerry Springer show is because no matter how, like, you know, bad things were or how things weren't going your way or if you had a bad day you could always sit down and watch the jerry springer show and look at whatever guests they happen to have on and go you know what at least i'm not that guy you know at least i'm not that person who just went on national tv to admit a relationship with their first cousin i'm not that i'm not that you know what i mean so this keep that in mind uh, as we talk about this next news, because no matter if we're talking to a lot of jazz fans, no matter how frustrated sometimes you get with the jazz, you might be bummed that they lost to the Clippers last year, lost in the bubble or, you know, through the ups and downs of the season, lose here or there. You know what you can always say, much like Jerry Springer show, Lloyd, you can always say, well, you know what? At least I don't root for the Kings. At least I don't root for the <laughs> Kings. That. There is that. You can say, oh, man, I, I wish they would have traded for this guy or signed for the, signed this dude or, or played better defense here or there. But you can always say to yourself, you know what? I don't root for the Kings, so I've got that going for me. Uh, Lloyd, here is an official statement from Jeff Schwartz, who happens to be the agent for Marvin Bagley. Now, of course, we uh, remember Marvin Bagley from the 2018 NBA draft. He was the second pick, Lloyd. And he went one spot before Luka Doncic. So he's got that pressure. And then Trey Young went right after that, right? Uh, so he, Marvin Bagley has, has spent a couple of really unspectacular years in Sa Sacramento. Jeff Schwartz just released this statement. Quote, Sacramento has informed Mar Marvin Bagley he is not in the opening night rotation, which is completely baffling. It's clear they have no plans for him in the future, and yet passed on potential deals at last year's deadline and this summer based on value. Instead, they choose to bring him back but not play him, a move completely contradictory to their value argument. This is a case study in mismanagement by the Kings organization, unquote. 
Now, wow. listen, I think I think drafting Marvin Bagley was a mistake. And sometimes I think agents are a little overzealous in representing their clients and not representing two sides of the story. And seeing an agent release uh, a statement like this is almost unheard of. But he is 1,000% correct. <laughs> like every single thing Jeff Schwartz said right there is totally correct. I cannot believe the Kings would, would not only tell Marvin Bagley, but also mean it that there he's not going to be a part of their opening rotation. What possible sense does that make? And then you find out that they refused to trade him twice over the last year. Oh, what, what, what? That doesn't make any sense. Lloyd, that's a, that, that is Rajah Belling somebody like for no reason, like, you know what? We're not going to play you and we know it's going to damage your value. Uh, and we know we said we, we wanted to get more value for you. And simply by doing this, we are not achieving that. But you know what? We're going to do it anyway. You know what? We're doing it anyway. How about that, Lloyd? Have you ever had uh, something in your life where somebody told you, you know what, this is going to go completely contradictory to whatever goal you may have. But you said, Lloyd, you know what? I'm doing it anyway. No. <laughs> That's, no? The Kings are so <clears throat> The Kings are so. They're a they're a mess, and they'll they'll never stop being a mess. The Kings are the you know I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Danny Green on you. The Kings are who we thought they were. They are. They're the Kings. They you are know what who Lloyd? We they were. Y- you have you have done what we're talking about because you went into Sears one day and you said you know what I'm gonna make a bunch of money today. I'm gonna move a ton of treadmills, and then you said you know what never mind. I'm gonna take a nap in the tent on the sales floor. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And then somebody said you know what Lloyd you're not gonna sell any treadmills if you're taking a nap in the tent, and you said yeah. Well, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, and 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 zip up that tent while you when you leave, because I like <laughs> to continue kings? napping. The kings, Marvin Bagley's probably like, okay, fine. You don't think I'm any good? You missed. Uh, just get me out of here. The kings are like, no, no, we want to get value in return. Okay, all right. Well, uh, you know what role am I going to have on the team this year? Well, actually, you're not in the rotation there, Marvin. Uh, but that's going to damage my value. We're going to do it anyway. Yep. We're going to do it. You We're see the end of that bench to... over there? Go sit on it. <laughs> That's so crazy. Is... You guys drafted uh, me, like, really high. Yeah, you, you, you had faith in me to take me over Luka Doncic, and now I'm not in the rotation, even though you could at least pretend to value me so somebody will give you something in return. You're just not going to do that, huh? And let's let's not forget that you really don't have any chance of making the playoffs this year anyway, so it's not like it's benefiting you on the floor to not play me, but you're not going to do it anyway. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> have a nice day. Guess I'll have my agent put out something. That's amazing. That's really amazing. If that's what's happening in Sacramento, I tell you what. You can get frustrated with whatever you know, Lloyd. You're a you're a Raiders fan, and the Raiders are far from a perfect franchise. And you can look at the Raiders and go, you know what? This is kind of a mess. But I'm not a Kings fan. Not rooting for the Kings, so I got that going. Always be worse. All right, would the who is the quintessential disaster franchise? The in sports, the quintessential reverse Midas touch franchise that everything that franchise touches turns to uh, garbage. Is it the Kings? Mm, It might. it, It might have to be the Kings. I'm sure there's a baseball one in there too. Is it the Jets? The Jets are up there. They've been like that for a while. But the yeah, Jets but the Kings have been have been like this for for longer. I mean, forever. they haven't been good. 
Well, they had that run back with with uh, Chris Webber. Yeah, Chris yeah, Webber, yeah, Vladdy. Yeah, yeah. right. They, so, but, but they never got over the top. No, certainly. they never did. That's the high water mark. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you know what? The Washington football team could probably give them a run right now. Yeah, they could. I mean, they haven't done anything right for at least over a decade, right? So maybe it's the Washington football team. Maybe it's the Jets. Sure, there's got to be a baseball. But even the Royals won the World Series a few years ago. The Marlins have won the World Series twice in the last, well, I guess that's like going back. 25 years now but still heck the cubs they traded away all their good players like literally just gave up on on winning whatsoever well they traded cubs away all their good players won a world series not that long ago yeah, but they, they put but together they, a fine right they roster did that, they did that and then they completely traded everybody well that's exactly what the marlins did yeah that's true twice the marlins did D-train. that twice yep yeah so i don't know is there a a franchise and, and maybe Lloyd I should go back and look this up I found a list one time I, I'll try to find it a list of players that the Kings passed on in the draft and it's it's like the who's who it's like the all NBA first team basically outside of LeBron the Kings managed to pass on in the draft it's pretty amazing uh, the Knicks are the Knicks are growing something right now but they but before that they they were right there yeah yeah you could have thrown the Knicks in there but it seems like the hiring of Leon Rose is going well so maybe right. they're pulling out of it but how about that? The Kings take the second overall pick, submarine his career, and then intentionally devalue him by taking him out of the rotation. Unbelievable. All right, we're here at the Dish Professionals. We'll get to Cole Fotheringham coming up next. But Ryan, of course, is jumping on with us. 801-424-DISH. Ryan, today's a big day. Uh, well, really, this, this process, I shouldn't just say it culminates with today, but this process you've been going through the past couple of weeks has been a challenge for the folks here. And you're uh, you're making some adjustments. I love it. Yeah, this is a uh, a big a big adjustment for us. I mean, this we got blindsided like everybody else did on the, the end of September um, with AT and T Sportsnet, and uh, we made some adjustments on our end. Uh, and we weren't uh, uh, entirely strange to the idea of offering multiple satellite products. It was something we did most of our life on yeah. the radio with you guys. Yep. And so uh, we quickly adapted and, you know, uniquely uh, AT&T had sold DirecTV to a different group. And so it was actually worked out really well that we were able to step back in. And now we're offering DirecTV to uh, help. So uh, customers that uh, that really need that AT&T Sportsnet, it's available. We can get you a new customer promotion, get you set up and uh, uh, NFL Sunday ticket. Um movie channels, um, NFL Red Zone, and uh, get you set up there. Or we can still take care of you with the amazing product with Dish, with the Hopper and the Pac-12 Network, yep. which is going to be valuable this weekend. Um, this is uh, gives us truly the flexibility. Yeah, because you were, or are, in this pickle just like the rest of us. You know, you weren't in the boardrooms making the decision. <laughs> right far from no, it. No. I, I still laughed at, that people were calling you directly, blaming you. It's like, no, listen, I... I we got to figure this out too, and, and that's what you're doing, which is great. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's our intent to always take care of the zone listeners, and you know, uh, we got on the station in uh, spring of 2004, and have been on this uh, an active uh, advertiser ever since. And our goal is to always make sure that we're taking care of all the listeners and and offering the solutions. And obviously, you know, this having the one pro team in 
in uh, our market not available uh, created a gap that we needed to fill. And so we just want everybody to know, like, if you're looking for satellite TV and there is one place to call, don't call an 800 number, call us. We're local. We'll, we know what your, uh, your situation is. We can get you set up with the best promotion. And we've got some awesome offers, too, actually, some really cool stuff on both Dish and with DirecTV. So if you, uh, whatever you need for satellite, we got you. Call You're here. Up. Yeah. Ready to roll. Ready to roll. Let's get those uh, installers busy. Let's take care of the folks out there. Right. 801-424-3474. 801-424-3474. And, of course, and we don't talk about this enough, do business with a local company. You guys are here. I'm here in your lobby. Yep. You're here to help. We're here to help yep. and local installers. And I've got a bunch of really good installers that have been doing this for, um, you know, 19 years now. And so they'll uh, they'll handle it right the first time. And whether it's Dish, whether it's DirecTV, we got you. Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate Thank, it. Thank you. 801-424-DISH. Call now. We'll have Cole Fotheringham next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Eric Walden, jazz beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. Jazz had a great season last year, and it sucked the way it ended for jazz fans, obviously. But they were still a great team. On paper, I think they're better. Fair or foul? I agree with that. I do feel like on paper, they've addressed a lot of the issues that really hurt them in that Clippers series. Theoretically, the jazz are a lot deeper. They're a little more matchup proof. I think if we're saying, what's the ideal version of this team? They're probably missing another lengthy wing capable of defending and switching and hitting some threes, but those guys don't grow on trees. They should be good. They should be improved. They should be capable of winning or at least competing for a championship this year. So I'm really interested to see how it goes. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This is the Big Show. Jake Scott with you, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time for our weekly conversation with Utah tight end Cole Fotheringham. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. Cole, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. You still riding high from that win? Uh, yeah, coming down from it, but <laughs> still feeling pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Take us take us through it because it was a wild game. You know, the first half uh, was you know, had some good moments, but you guys were obviously down 21-7 and then come out. I don't know if I've ever seen a game where a team has the ball four times in the second half and scores the touchdown on all four possessions. I mean, that's that's an amazing half of football. So kind of take us through the game from your perspective. Yeah, so starting out, um, things didn't go as well as we had planned, but you know, I, don't, I didn't think we were playing bad to any to any extent. You know, a couple holding calls set us back, um, kind of some drive stoppers that happened. But we were pretty confident. Even in halftime, you know, nobody was riled up or um, too flustered. So we, we kind of had confidence going into the second half that we were going to be able to, to roll. We made the adjustments that we needed to. And um, like you said, we were able to put on, you know, probably one of the the better uh, performances that we've had this year, definitely the best that we've had this year and, and some of the best that I've been a part of um, as a youth. So it was really fun to just, you know, go out there and and really dominate like that. So I want to ask kind of what, what the key was for you guys in the second half uh, to, to the turnaround. But first, uh, you know, 
all of us on the outside looking in have half times, uh, you know, and, and see halftime, like what it's like envisioned in our head, like something out of a movie, right? That, you know, Coach Witt is up there giving an impassioned speech while the score, you know, violins in the background and all this and until everybody is cheering on one page and let's go get them in the second half, guys. Uh, and obviously that's not reality. So what what is a halftime like that, like where you, you can, you know, regroup or refocus or whatever for a second half performance like that? What was halftime like? It wasn't exactly what you would probably think it was. Um, you know, I think Coach Witt said a few words, and I think everyone was pretty confident that, that we had these guys. Uh, you know, there wasn't any major adjustments that we made schematically. I think we just, you know, got it together, and um, there was just a confidence. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of the leaders – um, through their actions and, and behaviors, we're able to, to display that, that quiet confidence that we needed to go out and just kind of turn the tide and, and change things up. But, yeah, nothing, no crazy speeches or um, anything too drastic, really. So. No Herb Brooks. No, not tonight. None of that. No problem. That doesn't that. seem like Coach Witt style, really. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Coach Shaw's, but that's probably a yeah. A different story. Yeah. yeah. Right <laughs> All right. So what was the key, you know, kind of on the field, X's and O's wise, what worked so well in the second half? Like I said, in the first half, there's just a couple of uh, drive stoppers, uh, some of the holding calls that, that set us back. And we didn't have any of that. It was really just a, a great display of everyone doing their, their part and doing their job and um, coming out there with, with the victory and some great performances. So it seems like uh, you had a few grabs. What, four? If I'm not mistaken, it seems like you and Cam Rising uh, appear to be on the same page. Yeah, it was nice to, you know, get get a couple targets. And, you know, it just makes everything – when everyone is, is involved like, like we were in that game, it's a lot easier to click as an offense and as a unit um, when everyone is, is getting the ball and getting touches and you never know who's going to get the ball. Um you know, you, you're more more likely to go. I mean, you're always going to go out and, and play as hard as you can, but you're just it's you get a lot more motivated when you know when you know that you're trusted with that role um, of getting the ball. So I think when when we were able to spread spread the ball around to everybody like we were this last week, um, it shows how much more productive we can be as, a, as an offense. What was your take on Arizona State? Anything surprise you about them or uh, or going up against them? Uh, no, I think that, you know, for the most part, a lot of those guys were returners. Um, I mean, we play them every single year, them being in our same division. So um, they're a tough football team. Um, in the second half, we were able to kind of kind of wear them down, I think, in my opinion, and, you know, get rolling. And it was it was really fun to be a part of just being that dominant performance as an offensive unit. So uh, your group, the tight end group, I think, and I don't think this is even a very controversial opinion, but I think you your group is the best on the offense right now with the way you're playing. And, you know, I've seen the, you know, on social media, the pictures you guys take as a group after the game and, and all of that. Take us inside that, that room a little bit, those guys, and why you seem to, to click so well together as a unit. Yeah, I think that we're very fortunate to, you know, have such 
such a diverse and talented group of tight ends with guys that have different skill sets. Um, I'm constantly trying to pick up on things that Brant and Dalton and even Thomas and Elite guys that, you know, they play a lot of special teams but don't don't get as much of a time on the offensive side. But um, I'm constantly trying to just pick up on things that they're doing, doing well, and try to implement them in, into my game as well. Um, but, you know, we're a tight-knit group of guys, and I'm stoked when whenever they can make plays. And I know that they feel the same way about when I when I get a chance to make plays too. Do you guys count pan, uh, pancake blocks? Uh, we do, but not. Uh, it's probably not regarded as as well as a touchdown or <laughs> you know the other statistics. Yeah, yeah, but, but who's who's leading in that? I would, I would probably say that I'm the leader in yeah. pancake blocks. Yeah, that would be my guess. And, and you had another great game, uh, game from that standpoint, too. I mean, I talk about the four receptions, but talk about that part of it. It seemed like you guys as a as a team were much, you know, uh, were, were extremely strong in the second half, but uh, felt like that part of your game was really good, too. Yeah, it was, it was fun to, you know, when you can run the ball successfully – um, especially in, in our offense, it opens everything else up. So like you said, or like you probably saw, um, some of those play-action passes uh, worked really well when we were able to successfully run the ball. And it all starts with you know being physical and, and getting after in the run game. All right. I, I know it's early in the week, but what can you tell me about, uh, about the Mighty Beavs? Oregon State is looking good this year. Um, you know, they're, they're coming off a of bye week, so they're going to be fresh. Um, I'm really impressed with Oregon State. I think that they're a great team um, with a lot of potential, and they play really well together. Um, physical, it's going to be a, a hard game going in there in Corvallis, and, you know, there's going to be a lot of energy up there, but uh, we're just hoping that we can keep the ball moving and, and keep rolling with, with this momentum that we've, we've generated. All right, so let me give you my take on Corvallis because I've never actually been there. But I have covered Utah-Oregon games in the past where I've stayed in Portland and and driven down to Eugene. And you drive through Corvallis to get to Eugene. And when I – it was pointed out to me, you know, I see the sign or whatever, you know, the Corvallis. I thought to myself, man – there is nothing here. Like, like it was like a gas station. I was truly surprised. But uh, your thoughts on on Corvallis as a place to go play? Um, I played there once, and we actually didn't stay in Corvallis. We stayed in Eugene. Yeah. Um, Eugene's beautiful. It is beautiful. Uh, we stay right by the river in a hotel. It's one of my favorite places to that we that we've been and, and traveled to. Um, the bus ride over to Corvallis, like you said, there's not much out there, but. Um, I think it's a cool, you know, it's kind of similar to Pullman, I would say, in that sense, where it's just kind of that's all they really have there is, is the college, the university. So people rally um, from all over to, to come in and support the Beavers, especially now since they're doing good. I, c- I can imagine that, that that place will be even a little bit more uh, more popping. You know what? And you're you're great to take that perspective because I shouldn't sound so 
so condescending because it truly is a college town, right? And, and like you said, that the Pullman's the same way. That's that's the population of uh, of the city. I was I was just surprised at exactly how small it is. You know, I picture Logan College Town, you know, right? And and I was surprised yeah. that that is it, the university. That is that is it that's there. And you're right about Eugene. It's it's beautiful. In fact, now that you've been in the Pac-12 for a minute, where's where's your favorite place from like a purely city town uh cultural perspective where's your favorite place to play um i like going into i haven't played at oregon okay um but when we stayed in eugene that was probably my favorite place or boulder um boulder's cool boulder's a boulder's also pretty cool but i like it here in utah man i think that we we compete with all those schools and as as like as far as scenery goes and stuff oh, to yeah. do and and the vibe, I think, you know, Salt Lake is, is a pretty rad place. You know what I've always told people is cool about Salt Lake is it's big enough that it's a big city and you get all the things and the conveniences that go along with that. But it's also small enough that it's got a real community feel to it, that it it is a little bit of best of both worlds. Yep, I concur with that statement. Yeah, so no, I, I think Salt Lake's way underrated. In fact, all the, uh, the Wasatch Front, I think, is is uh, really underrated. So, all right. Well, Cole, thank you for coming on with us. As always, it's a highlight of the week. Good luck uh, against Oregon State, and we'll catch you next week. Right on. Talk to you later. Cole Fotheringham jumps on with us uh, from the University of Utah. We are live from the Dish Professionals. We've got an odd sports port coming up next. Bowler in the 5 o'clock hour. Very excited about that. It's the big show, 97.5-1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Cougars. Break it down, down, down. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. BYU hits the road to Pac-12 country as Kalani Sataki and the Cougars square off against Washington State in Pullman. Catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 1230 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big show, Jake Scott with you, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone Live from the Dish Professionals. Craig Bowlerjack's going to be on with us top of the 5 o'clock hour. Stay tuned. Very excited to chat with Bowler. Of course, founding member of the big show, Craig Bowlerjack, will be along for the ride. Right now it's time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Check them out online, lhmusedcars.com. All right, uh, Lloyd, uh, we're going to South Carolina for this one. An elementary school teacher is in trouble. In fact, she's lost her job. Um, let's see. Uh, what's her name? Victoria Weiss is her name. Uh, again, I'm not sure what grade here, I but wish, elementary school. I wish school. the name was Lawrence. Uh, I do, too, kind of. Uh, but she, uh, for her class, Lloyd, she had a reward box where kids, you know, when they had, uh, I don't know, good assignments or help clean up or something, they got uh, a reward, you know. And so one of her students reached into the reward box and pulled out a pack of Stony Patch Kids, which, in fact, uh, were marijuana edibles. So that's not good. Uh, (laughs) 
so the the student picked that out, and this is this is right from the the, poli- the statement of police or police statement. It says, uh, "quote Detectives confirmed during interviews that Weiss took the pack of edibles from the student and told him to pick something else from the box. The student went back to the box and happened to grab another pack of edibles." And uh, according to the incident report, uh, Weiss was later hysterical when an assistant principal confronted her about the incident. She is no longer employed with the school district. I think this is a funny story because nothing bad, you know, happened to young people. And can't you just per, like picture the the teacher in your mind when you when she sees like, oh man, those are Stony Patch kids. You can't have uh, those. Kid, uh, uh, let me give me give me those back. And uh, why don't you go ahead and pick another thing out of the reward box? And the kid reaches back in there and comes out with another pack. Of Stony Patch Kids. And why was there so uh, many Stony Patch Kids in there? I don't know. And you know what? I, I mean, the teacher obviously should have been more careful and, uh, you know, figure out ex- exactly what you're giving kids in the reward box. So there's certainly some fault there. But, I mean, you kind of feel bad for her because she obviously scrambled to try and <laughs> make sure that that kids weren't ingesting that. But, I mean... She's probably got to go for that. I get why she was fired, but I'm glad. I'm glad she realized, you know, that that was a no-no, right, Lloyd? Yeah, I'm just wondering if she if she grabbed that, those ones and then grabbed the other ones from the other kid, and then she should just said, "Okay, that's it. No more rewards box. Let's let's move on." How did she get that's out? It. How did she get out? <laughs> you know what? I've given How you this credit. Happen? Actually, I, I don't know. You know, I'm going to give you credit. We're going to call it good. Yeah, the let's rewards move box on. just. Isn't isn't working I apologize. For us today. The rewards box box is a little <laughs> bit off today. My bad. And then hurry up and ditch the rewards box, and nobody knows how did this how, how did this even happen? Yeah. How did they? I don't know what you're talking about. I was going to give the kids some candy, and then I decided against it. We moved on. I gave them extra credit. Good. Times. If I were, were you done. to the principal, if I was her to talk to the principal, if I were you, I would check in on the parents. Wonder what he how he knows about yeah. Stony Patch Kids. Stony Patch Kids. That sounds like a parent problem. <laughs> Can you imagine how how uh, frustrated she'd be when that second pack of Stony Patch Kids came out of the room? I'm not going to lie. I wasn't like, even oh. thinking. So you said Stony Patch Kids, and I I, I wasn't even thinking like the uh, the Sugar Patch. I had automatically, oddly, I went to some like. Do you remember the old Garbage Pell Kids? Yep, like cards, I, I, I for some reason my mind went to the garbage pill kids. I thought it was some like, maybe some some cards, some trading cards of like, but like they were stony kids. Nope, they're marijuana edibles, Lloyd. I know that. Now I feel uh, really yeah. old. Yeah, hey, the Halloween's coming up. Double check that candy. I know that's probably not really a problem around here. I suppose. No, no, I think uh, I, yeah. I'm in the clear for that. But I yeah, now but, I feel like my kids could get away with whatever they want later in life because I'm gonna have no idea what the heck stony kids are. That's that's true. So be careful out there. You know, Halloween's coming up. Ryan from the Dish Professional is jumping on with us again. Uh, are, are you guys a Halloween family? You go all out for Halloween? Oh yeah, I think I have probably thirty skeletons. In, oh yeah, and, and around my house, I have Very like six nice. of them climbing the front. What kind of what kind of uh, candy you give out usually? Uh, you don't go the full blown like candy bars. No, do I you? think that's ridiculous to do the full. But I mean, like the, the um, like the fun size is the, the way yeah, to fun go. Sizes. Right? Yeah. I thought Ryan was gonna be a full candy bar guy. 
No, see, I, I'm with Ryan on this. The full candy bar just sets the, the the wrong standard. I mean, you're really insulting your neighbors when you do the, the full candy bar because not any, everybody can't do that. Come on now. Well, right, and it's like that's uh, we already throw away. I can't even – my kids will we, – we give them a couple days with the candy and then tell them to kind of hand it over. And we, we started that when we were young, and guess what? They don't even – we don't even ask them anymore. They'll bring it down after a week or so and Here you go. get rid of it. Wow. So, because there's, it is like you got people giving out a lot of candy at one house. They're like, take big handfuls, and it's almost too much. Are you on a street where you get a lot of trick or treaters? Because we're we're hit and miss on my street. We get a ton one year and nothing the next. I don't get a whole bunch at our house because just our house is uh, kind of off the beaten path a little bit. Where some of those neighborhoods are. You walk into them and they're yeah, crazy. There's right. lines of kids everywhere. I'm not going to lie either. During my single days, there were times where I turned off the lights and made the house look scary. <laughs> you know, just like keep on moving. You know, this, you're not going to get much here. Uh, let's talk about what you guys are doing. We're we're hearing the buzz around the office. People are people are calling and yeah, you've our got, phones are blowing up. You're you're helping out because people want to to watch their jazz and there's been an issue with with uh, dish that you've had to deal with and we're we're taking care of the listeners we're making it happen yeah this is uh this blindsided us for sure we didn't see this thing coming and uh um it kind of put us in a scramble i saw some uh um interesting posts tagging our company is like oh what are they going to do what is the dish professionals going to do now and we actively been working in the background and you know years and years ago we we sold both for ever and um sold both satellite providers and when um this actually kind of interesting enough uh, direct tv and uh, at&t sold and a new group got a hold of them and with this thing happening with at&t sportsnet and that channel being on direct tv we we simply just went back and made that available and so now we're back to if you're looking for satellite um, either it's dish or direct tv give us a call we can help you with the at&t sportsnet we can help you with pac-12 we can help you with the hopper get you the nfl sunday ticket um, we'll get you anything you need your idea, the idea around here is to get sports fans watching sports. Right. It's gotten a little more complicated lately, but you guys are making it happen. Yeah, it is complicated, a little different. But, you know, there's actually some really awesome deals out there. Um, there's, I can't say exactly what they are, but there's some gift card offers and different things that are available. Um, it's it's actually financially beneficial for a lot of customers to call us up and we can save you money and get you a whole bunch of stuff. And uh um, plus the credits and the the free movie channels and the NFL uh, product is available. It's really a, a neat, neat offer that we can hook people up with, either with Dish or with DirecTV. All right, jump on it. 801-424-DISH, 801-424-3474. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Uh, Bowler's going to jump on. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.